This is Geek Gab with your host, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, December 5th, 2020. Dornall. Yo. You may not have heard this, but absolutely the most 2020 thing happened this week. I can't even fathom. It's this year is one surprise after the other. Tell me what happened this week. In the country of Namibia, Adolf Hitler has returned to power. Adolf, Adolf Hitler, Hitler in Namibia. In Namibia. That's a that's a fortuitous name. <clears throat> so someone guessed on Twitter early this year, around March, that the only way they could end the last month of 2020, the last episode of 2020, was for Adolf Hitler to return to power. And guess what, folks? He's back! And he's That's... black! <laughs> so Namibia is an African nation is now has Adolf Hitler in power? Is is he the supreme chancellor of Namibia? Did he go all the way yet? Um. Apparently, the writers for 2020 were not content with returning Adolf Hitler to power as a gimmick for this season. They also wanted to, as has been the case. In Hollywood recently, they wanted to race swap the character. So, <laughs> so race swapped Adolf Hitler is now in charge of the country of Namibia. Well, this time it worked because he uh, he won eighty five percent of the vote. <laughs> so, how how? Did, I mean, did his, did his, were his parents like, yeah, that's what a great name. What, what a, what a famous man. Let's name our son after this famous man. Apparently, and these are just, you know, things I read on Twitter. So take them <laughs> with a grain of salt, please. Because I did not do any independent fact checking because once I heard Adolf Hitler was back, I just threw up my hands and said, well, that's 2020, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of shrugged and went back to doing something that didn't involve me pummeling my head with facts like Adolf Hitler was bad. <laughs> Stay off of Twitter, folks. <laughs> You'll start seeing crazy things like Adolf Hitler returning as an African politician. By the way, this is real. I'm not making any of this up. 
This is a real news story. There is really a person called Adolf Hitler who is now in charge of Namibia. Apparently, during World War II, a lot of African nations got really excited about Adolf Hitler because they knew nothing about him except that he was giving the British problems, and so they were, you know, thrilled about it. So oh, sure, named, yeah. They named kids Adolf Hitler in, in triumphant celebration that the British were getting a kicking. And also, you know, some few African nations had been colonized by the Germans, and so we're having... You know, they were partly culture, uh, influenced by German culture. And so they also kind of picked up on the name as a celebration of German culture. I'm going to take partial credit for this one because in Comic Free Mexid, I predicted that the Germans would launch a successful attempt to reestablish a German empire from Africa <laughs> and and I did it 15 years ago so <laughs> yeah so that's your 2020 update for the week folks so I think I think our I think the chat's actually onto something here <laughs> Adolf Adolf Hitler implying he wasn't black yeah I mean there are uh. some other crazy things that happened this week but at that that one wiped them all out of my mind. I mean, no, you can't top that. You can't top that. <laughs> That's a cleanser. That's a nightcap. <laughs> it's going to take wow. a bunch of night quill enough to sleep through the rest of the year. Wow. <laughs> it, it makes you wonder, like, we're probably in for another couple surprises before the end of the year. This is, this, it's sweeps week, folks. This, <laughs> this, uh, the 2020 season of America is wild. Just tape the Super Bowl for me. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, wow! I can sleep in. So, are we actually going to have a 2021, or is the world going to end? Uh, worse, we're just going to have 2020 season two. Oh, when you got to remember that. Uh, oh, I was thinking of this last night. 2020 started about a month before 2020 started. There was a huge event, and now I can't remember what it was. Oh, there was a big, strange thing that happened right at the end of 2019 that was basically the start of 2020. And I want to say the Democratic primary. Mm, that did happen at the end of 2019, but I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not it sure was, if that's what you're thinking of. It was just nuts, and all the people in it were nuts. And the guy who got sixth place turned out, to win. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, politics has been crazy for at least five years now, so they're all nuts. Uh, oh, Ardenon has reminded us Mad Max was set in 2021, so oh, this is going to be great, guys. Yeah, no, I, everybody. Go ahead. I'm seriously hoping 2021 goes back to some semblance of normality because I'm not sure you know, I don't know. the The work from home pandemic had me enjoying summer on the beach uh, every day from my apartment instead of going to the office every day. So I, I, I've had enough of normal. Screw that. 
<laughs> I I want nonstop chaos until it all falls apart. I may not be true. Anyway, uh, I I regret to inform you that our other guest looks like he wasn't able to make it. We uh, titled the show's card game design SockCon, and Brian Niemeyer, our our favorite third host and uh, sci-fi author, came on to talk to us all about that. We were going to have the game designer Cardanon on. He couldn't make it. He's uh, he's actually busy. Uh, doing things for the government for which he would have to kill us if he told us on stream. Uh, Brian Niemeyer, how about you? How are you doing today? Well, pretty unable to follow that introduction, which is true, by the way. <laughs> so yeah, the, the exciting guy couldn't be here because um, <laughs> he's doing exciting stuff. So he stuck with me, the one who also knows nothing about game design so you're, you're stuck in you're stuck in here with me oh no that's okay we love talking about game design here but you asked to come on to talk about sock con and i'll let you describe it because this uh daddy warpig we've talked about this before i don't know if i mentioned it on on the show but the week before thanksgiving i just i went to kentucky for some reason and hung out with some guys for a weekend and uh, and it was great. Wait, so do you know why it happened? Because I'm still trying to put that together. It's kind of a standalone complex. I was I was there when it was proposed, and it was a confluence of events where we had been speaking on Discord, meaning you, me, and some of the other XSeed fans, as well as the game designer have been doing sort of online playtesting thought uh, experiments and so on and so forth. And we sort of kept arriving at this, we really need to play a few games in person, right? Or, or online or something like that. Like, uh, because we had multiple groups sort of approaching the game from different ways. And, uh, and the game designer was like, hey, I'm going to be in this area at this time. You guys should come out and we'll, we'll get together and play. And, uh, he caught me at a, a vulnerable moment because I was like, "Yeah, all right. If 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 uh, if there's an airport nearby, I will fly all the way from Washington State to do that." That's how, that's how I remember it happening. What do you remember? Yeah, I just remember talk of in-person playtesting, and then one thing leading to another. Each step, seemingly an end in itself, but each leading inevitably to the next and then there were t-shirts and yeah we were in kentucky <laughs> yeah it got it got wild it got wild um do you want to do you want to say a little bit more about what it was and and uh what like what was your goal for it what, what were you thinking about it my goal was that people who were interested in my ip asked me to be there so um, I, I suppose I was kind of the guest of honor at this emergent phenomenon con. <laughs> all I did was like kind of sit around and like greet people, like our retiree at Walmart and eat White Castle. So that's a win. Yeah, we we prioritized the White Castle. That was stop number one. And the ice cream. Oh yeah, <laughs> you want to talk about the ice cream? 
Daddy Warpig, are you familiar with the uh, stereotypes of the Midwest? Maybe. Some of well, them. I'll give you one. They're fat. Okay. <laughs> like they, they fry they, everything. They, they, they do okay. And then like male or female, as soon as they get in their 30s, they just balloon up. Okay. I discovered why. It is a mecca of fast food there. I mean, I can go down the road and I can get all sorts of different types of fast foods, but they've got their custom homegrown. They've got bespoke Wisconsin family burger joints all over. It's it's Culver's. Holy cow. This place is amazing. Oh, how were your eyes lit up in the car when you found out they had Pepsi? Oh, like childlike wonder. I've got I've got problems. Yeah, I mean. I, I this is a Culver's in particular is owned by a Wisconsin family, right? Do they? Uh, they're not publicly owned because if they were, I would buy it. <laughs> I, th I think it's still private. Um, so yeah, that. this it was really really weird. We because from my perspective, you, I'm a. Go ahead. Do you mean Pepsi ice cream or just Pepsi? Just Pepsi. Yeah, they're privately owned. Well. So there you go. Isn't Washington State occupied territory now? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, depends on how you want to look at it. Now, Washington State is a great place. The uh, the the govern the the government of Washington State is a little iffy, um, and the governor himself is a petty tyrant. But that's kind of typical for 2020, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. No more no no more politics for today. Um, Culver's yeah. Culver's is outstanding. The the I was thinking, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hang out in an Airbnb and and play test. I should go to the grocery store and and shop for food so that we have food for a couple of days. Nope, there's more than enough local delicacies to try out. It's outstanding. Um, Did you try a deep fried Twinkie? I skipped the deep fried Twinkie. It's probably Howard. the best. <laughs> I, 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 I I have limits, man. I've got limits. I don't even like French fries all that much. I mean, I've never had a deep fried anything. I mean, you've had uh, fried chicken though, right? Yeah. There you go. Not deep anymore fried. though, but. Well, very well, very well. So we're totally distracted by food. I was obsessed the whole weekend. Yeah, we, so from my perspective, I'm a, well, <laughs> it's, it's. I blame the traveler campaign. I played, yeah, yeah. We played Traveler last night, and my brain is completely melted. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, that's kind of how the weekend went. Was all right. Let's go to Kentucky and test this card game, and then we just ended up eating a lot of like fast food and poggy. So <laughs> I I rolled my eyes into the back of my head when I saw the package of poggy. I'm like, of course you did. <laughs> Catholic Lancer brought that. Yeah. Uh, um, well, let's take a step back because this is the first time we've we've actually talked about the Combat Frame Exceed tie-in card game on stream. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that came about? Yes. Also, I have hopefully placed a link to my blog post about the game in the StreamYard chat. Oh, let me get that on the, the light. Let me get that on the description as soon as possible. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, and the, the game is called Comic Frame X Seed Pocket War. It's um, a card game system that was developed originally by Catholic Lancer, which is why he was going to be here. And 
he approached me and um, asked if he could use my comment frame XSEED IP to brand it because um, it was this kind of military war themed, vaguely sci-fi themed rule set. Because uh, you know you've you've got units, you've got orders, you've got supplies. You can patrol, you can raid, you can melee attack, you can ranged attack. It's uh, it's quite extensive, while being simple, in my layman's opinion. And uh, so, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And honestly, I, I wasn't sure if anything would really come of it, but I figured let's let, let's let him. Uh, some do his thing. Let's see what he can come up with. And then it's just attracted. It's been a big hit. Yeah. It's been a big hit with your personal local play group. Like people who are already familiar with the Xseed story. Yeah. My brain's kind of fried too, but I, I uh, cause I was getting last night pretty late, but um, it's not that it's attracted a, a breadth of popularity yet, but it's attracted some fanatics, man. Like the the cardboard crack crew. Like we've got two Magic the Gathering champions and like a Yu-Gi-Oh champion working on this thing, who just have immediately taken to it and been like suggesting rules changes and cards. And oh, oh my gosh, I got to give a shout out to uh, one of the MVPs of the group. You know who you are if you're listening to this. The, the you know what I mean the guy who did all the layouts for all the cards like mm -hmm. in the two weeks leading up to the con. Cause before we were just like, I made some simple mock-ups with just right black and white, um, simple text box. And he made them look professional designed custom icons, backgrounds after effects, the works. Yeah. It, it really, it's like you said, one step led to another and it. I, I had, my paper printouts that I was uh, the prototypes I was playing with. Uh, and it's, uh, it, and it just turned into, yeah, well I made, I made these beautiful layout of the cards and it's like, wow, that's, a, that's an incredible amount of work and it's beautiful. And then uh, I show up and Catholic Lancer picks me up uh, at the airport and he's like, here's your shirt. Here's your t-shirt for the con. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was, I was, I was just showing up to, to meet Brian Niemeyer and play card games with you guys. I don't. <laughs> yeah, we we just have an embarrassment of our talent on this because Catholic Lancer himself is an accomplished artist, and then of course we have the redoubtable Ardenon in chat. Um, most of the cards are graced with his excellent combat frame concept art that um, our other buddy then took and enhanced so they in, in some cases zoomed and enhanced yeah it's like csi up, up in there <laughs> yeah the two of them are working together beautifully without even knowing it at first i think they know now <laughs> yeah <laughs> they didn't at first yeah if, if 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 catholic lancer didn't know that he had an assistant layout and card designer he does now and that's kind of this thing when it just snowballed. Uh, very, very fascinating. And and this uh, this mutual friend of ours, the the guy who did all that work on the layout, it's his fault. It's a hundred percent his fault. I remember 
uh, over the over the summer i hadn't looked at the prototype cards in months and like he just said something in the discord channel and i was like huh all right i'll just I'll bring out the prototypes, see what he's talking about. Did a couple of test games against myself. Three weeks later, I, I, I'm I sitting there, you know, typing away in the Discord, realizing that I just spent something like four hours a day for the past three weeks playtesting this game. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Something's happening here. Very strange. Very cool. Yeah, that that's what's really cool is that pretty much everyone who's tried this game has come away saying... You know what? This has legs. You've you've got a game here. Yeah, um, Catholic Lancer's really got something going on here, and uh, I'll share a secret. I don't think he'll mind. Uh, he's he is a, a amateur game designer at heart. He's he was showing me his sketchbook with the prototypes of. Oh, here's another type of game I was looking at. Here's another type of game I was thinking of doing. Uh, the guy's always got that stuff coming out of his head. There's, I. I don't want to heap too much expectation on him, but I, I think we're going to see great things coming out of him. And uh, and I hope it starts with with Combat Frame Exceed because, like you said, uh, there's there there's a game there. It, it's it's early. It's really like it needs a lot of work and a lot of refinement, but it's it's fun. What can I say? It's fun. Well, what you can do is you can walk our listeners through the game briefly. I, I think you're the best disposed to do that. Sure. Um, the game is a designed as a collectible card game or a living card game, which is to say uh, there's a large set of cards and each player will construct or bring a pre-constructed deck to the uh, game. Hey, John's, John's right on time. John loves these games. Um, the, and so it's sort of like Magic the Gathering in that sense. So there's a, there's a pool of cards. You're not going to play all the cards. You're not necessarily limited to certain cards, so on and so forth. And each deck is made up of your units, your military units, most of which are combat frames because uh, it's been reskinned as a, as a combat frame exceed game. And uh, other cards are orders where you can manipulate the battlefield, sort of like spells in Magic the Gathering, if you're familiar with that. Uh, so it's it's got this... Uh, so there's a, there's a balance between the units that you use to control the battlefield and then the cards that affect those units and the battlefield, right? And uh, at the beginning of the game, you set up six bases that represent your physical holdings, or logical holdings in, in the uh, in the world in the universe, and if you lose all of those bases, you're eliminated from the game. And so it's basically designed as as a one-on-one uh, protect my bases while I go after your bases game. And uh, so the the fun is in the details. The fun is in how the different units interact. The different orders change the state of the game. And uh, so on your turn, you get to you know, you, you, you supply all of your units so that they can shoot, attack, whatever. And then you can just, and this is one of the interesting decisions in the game, which is, and I'm going to, I'm going to actually editorialize here. This is the best and worst part of the game, which is you've got this really interesting decision. Do I use this resource to attack right now? Or do I use this resource to draw more cards into my hand? Um, 
And I say the best because that is a very interesting decision. And I say the worst because it has had other consequences on the game design where <laughs> we, our hands are tied in a, in a couple of different ways. But we're, uh, uh, it's been a ton of fun. So anyway, enough, enough of my opinions. So oh, thank each, you. Each, each player has a, has a deck and you try to take out the other guy's bases by attacking them with your units. And uh, that's it. You know, the, you've got exciting cards like your, all the, the combat frame exceeds from the first book are present. The, the infamous dead drop. If you're familiar with the story, uh, all, all the, all the, um, units, all the mechs and the vehicles and things that you're familiar with are there in the game. And, uh, what can I say? It's, it's fun. I'm not going to go any more detailed into the rules because it's such an early version of the game. And, uh, I'm I'm just going to bore you to tears. Did I miss anything? No, I think you covered all the bases. Well done. Uh, I I'm really excited for it. I hope that uh, I hope that it, it comes to a. I, I I hope it's successful as a game. Um, no uh, no uh, no offense or anything meant to you, Brian, but I. Uh, as from my seat as a game designer and a game player, I hope it stands alone as a great game. Wh wh whatever it, whatever it has to do with Combat Frame Exceed, um, that's sort of been my goal throughout playtesting is to make sure that we don't come out with a crap game. Well, that's always the goal, right? I mean, I I wouldn't want my name on it if it, it was going to be subpar, right? So I I'm completely with you on that goal. Amen. Amen. So, uh, so tell me more about. Uh, do you have any more thoughts or anything about the con or the weekend or anything? Like, what stood out to you as? What was a really good moment, or or what was a really good thing you learned from the con? <laughs> Trying to think about things I can legally say. <laughs> I'm serious. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that kind of like wild stag party weekend. Again, it was mainly nerds playing cards in a basement. But uh, get, getting to meet up with people in meat space, I only knew from their online avies and from streams. Um, it seemed oddly normal. Like I think the the first thing I did when I got to the game shop was just walk right up to you as you were like explaining a point of the game to someone just like jumped right in and was like, Oh, and don't forget about that. It was like yep. over your shoulder. And then I remembered, Oh wait, like I, I know what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> it's not reciprocal. So that took a second, but then we just got right into the swing of it. The, the it was great. Was a, yeah. It was a little surreal. Um, I, I don't know if anyone else out there knows how this feels. Um, JDA in chat might, to have a bunch of people gathered in one place, many of them from out of state, um, for the purpose of advancing something you co-created. It, um, yeah, it, it was a new experience. I'm still processing it. It was great. Everybody seemed to have a good time. Yeah, and, uh, super glad of that. Could have been a huge disaster, but uh, thank goodness it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, flying flying cross country in 2020 to hang out with a bunch of nerds for a weekend. Yeah, that could have been a disaster, I guess. Well, and then it was the weekend that uh, 
Kentucky and Ohio both decided to uh, renew COVID lockdowns. So we lost. Yeah, that yeah. sort of that sort of put a a rain cloud over the over the weekend. We made the best of it though. Yeah, Catholic Lanes especially had to uh, relocate because um, the initial venue he had lined up just decided to close down. Period. That weekend, so yeah. Yeoman's working his part. Yeah, the whole the whole country. We should do everything online on Discord and Zoom, and you know us. We go now. Let's. It's time to meet in person. Let's do this. I I agree with you. It was it was surreal. It was uh, uh, the listeners of the show know that you have a very distinctive voice. So it's just a. Uh, hey, you just hear you from across the room. And be like, oh, Brian Niemeyer's over there somewhere. I don't know what he looks like, but he's over there. <laughs> right. Yeah, and apologies. It's a little strained right now because again, I was GMing all night and I was talking all night. Oh no. Uh, good, good problems to have, I guess. Were you playing the? Were you playing Vampire last night? Yes, I was. Old school, old school. Have you guys checked out the V five yet? Nope. Don't bother. Wasn't gonna. But thanks. I, I, I do owe you guys a, a jihad tutorial. Ooh. Uh, but that didn't, uh, that didn't pan out because the, the product wasn't available early enough. It, they supposedly released it on Halloween and, uh, but the product wasn't shipped out until the week after, basically till after Thanksgiving. But anyway. So tangential question, how did you bring that up? In a yeah. time? Um, since I've exhausted my cardio knowledge, any idea? Do either of you have any idea what's up with uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2? I ask out of morbid driving past a train wreck curiosity. Uh, I haven't heard any news about that in a few months. What about you, DW? Uh, just that everything's all messed up. Yeah, we, we there hasn't been any news since I think the end of the summer when... Uh, like I, everyone quit. Everyone quit. Yeah, I I think that's. I don't think the. I think the game's mothballed at this point. Um, they the paradox did a great job releasing V five. I mean, roll your eyes at all the twenty twenty, uh, you know, Euro left uh, revisions to the game, all you want. I mean, face it, White White Wolf and the Vampire product has always been that sort of um, eye rolling counterculture. IP, so there's no surprises there. But they rolled out V5. It it may not be as popular as the old stuff, but they did it, and they've uh, the fan the fan group who put together a company to revive the card game uh, successfully worked out a license, and all of the fan sets are now official, and they've re-released the card game, and they're they've even implemented the lore changes from v5 so they updated all the clan symbols uh, sometimes for better sometimes for worse they updated uh, the sects and the you know the bruja are no longer in the camarilla they're anarchs and and the storyline currently focuses on the camarilla versus the anarchs because the sabbat naturally self-destructed so uh, the card game better reflects the v5 release but i mean i suppose we'll see in the next couple of years how the business yeah. goes, but it was a successful relaunch. It's a shame about the video game, but eh. well, 
we all know what's going to happen with the, the video game, right? It's going to attract a share of controversy. Like, I, I, I expect another big bombshell, like, sometime, probably not around Christmas, probably around the new year, some new shakeup or something. And then it'll finally come out. And everyone who is initially dumping on it on YouTube is going to buy it and play it. Mm -hmm. And first they'll be like, oh, well, it's, it's okay. You know, let, let's, let's do some let's plays and here are the finer points. And then it'll totally be forgotten. It'll just sink beneath the waves and just be memory hold. I wouldn't be surprised. That's what all these types of this stuff. I mean, uh, do you know anyone who's still playing Final Fantasy VII Remake? Uh, no, no. Yeah, the game that sold more copies than the original. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sold the original. Now it's gone. I, I'm sure there's some e thought on Twitch playing it. That's about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they screwed that up bad because I heard a whole bunch of people complaining about how they screwed that up bad. Mm. Re yeah, I don't know. Here to elaborate. Do you remember do you remember what they screwed up? Well, first off, it was only the first like what, fourth of the game? Oh, that's right. They did it in multiple installments. Um, and they changed a bunch of stuff about it so that the game isn't even going to follow the same path as the original 7. Um, I mean, how can you have a Final Fantasy 7 remake that isn't Final Fantasy 7? The characters have different characterizations and things like that. And what they changed is uh, was for the worse. People seem to not really like it. Um, so That's a shame. Um, and, and of course, Final Fantasy VII is famously that game that everybody remembers fondly. And then you play it and you say, yeah, this, this was a good game, but it really hasn't aged well at all. Yeah. We're fighting over uh, vampire clans in the, uh, in the chat. Daddy Warpig, do you know him well enough? Do you have a favorite clan? Um... I don't know what they didn't they slim down the clan list to like five core ones when they redid it. Oh, in the Requiem rules, yes, and and all the old clans became sort of bloodlines off of those clans. Um, I never saw that, so I never knew what they did with that. I owned a copy of the first edition Vampire first printing. Uh. I, I bought Vampire when it very first came out. So, uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, what I liked was that they had the huge variety of them. They had, uh, you know, Count Orlock from, um, That's the right. original movie. Yeah. Um, was uh, he had a? They had clans of them that were like that. Um. Bruja, Tremere. And I know I'm going to forget some of them. 
Um. <laughs> no, JDA. We mentioned Requiem, but no, we're not. We don't talk Requiem here. <laughs> yeah, or read it. I've I've tried. I I own it. I'm like, wait, there there are three Draculas. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're Vampire the Masquerade still is using the uh, the original clans. There, the the V five is a continuation of the old world of darkness, so it incorporated all the lore, including the end of the world, and uh, so the, it's sort of a continuation of that. And and we're just gonna forget Highlander two ever existed. <laughs> yeah, I gotta give them credit for starting the franchise with a ticking clock. I'm like, okay, like the Doomsday Clock is at like five minutes to midnight. We are. We're going to end this. You know, they, they painted themselves into that corner and then went ahead and just upended the, the paint bucket and dumped it on themselves. And they they followed through. And they're like, well, wait, we like there's, there's still money to be made off this. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and cranky, I'm gonna be cranky about the card game again. That resulted in the second worst expansion to the card game because of course there had to be a tie-in. Oh yeah, I, I've been thinking about it, and I really like the Bruja. Okay, it's fine clan, excellent clan. Is that, that surprising? Way. Not if it's in their original capacity as like warrior poets and philosopher kings, because they were originally like the scholarly clan before the Malkavians kind of. Took filled the vacuum after the world just degenerated into like raucous punks, pretty much. Yeah, the 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 over the top anarch punk thing is is a little eye rolling. I like the I like somewhere in between. But what's your uh, mistake? Uh, what 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 is it you like about uh, the the Bruja clan? I do like. I do like their in in your face combat style, hmm. um, and I'm not talking about game mechanics. I'm just talking about like they're almost Highlanders, yeah, right. Um, well, in mechanics wise, they do have the single best discipline in the game as a clan discipline. Um, they're almost like. Yeah, I just that one Tim Bradstreet drawing where Ooh. the Bruja is jumping up on the table and he's got a black jacket on and he's got a shirt wrapped around him. And he's in Levi jeans and he's snarling and he's got the long black hair and he's got the claws out. Um, I like the fact that they're in your face soldiers in combat right or in your face warriors in combat they're courageous they're bold um but they're not idiots and i realize that the tendency in role-playing games is to make anybody who's in your face be an idiot but that's not what the bruja were they were just um they fought hard, they partied hard, but they weren't fools. 
they weren't. Uh... That's a really good point. They they did make it a point for at least for the original clans to say each clan has a flaw. It's a serious flaw that that is going to affect your character mechanically in the game, but. They're not idiots. The Bruja stereotype is there. They fly off the handle easily, but it's not, as you said. Yeah, there's what's interesting about Vampire the Masquerade is that there's a wrong way to play each clan, and it's the same way, right? So, like, you know, the roid head Bruja, the, uh, the affectionately called Fish Malk, you know, like the... Uh, the bunny ears lawyer Malkavian, mm. right? Just uh, you know the um, noblesse malice Ventru, and it comes from take turning like a client weakness and personality trait into a caricature, and that's that's how you do it wrong. How do you do it right? The best single example of doing it right, specifically, okay, the Malkavians are my favorite clan because they're the hardest to play right, or rather they're the easiest to get wrong. Because for the benefit of the audience, every single Malkavian is insane, like incurably, irrepressibly insane, okay? So obviously the temptation to do that wrong and just go, oh, I, I swim in the sand and build castles in the sea. I'm a quirky, right? To just do that is almost overpowering. To see an Alcavian done exactly right, play the original Bloodlines, and pay attention to the Vorman sisters. Because, man, that, that one even smacked me upside the head. Like, even though I figured out what was going on before I got out of Santa Monica, I was like, oh, I know what they're doing, and it's brilliant. And just... The execution was so good that it didn't matter that I saw it coming. I'm going to have to try it out. You know, they say every time someone mentions Vampire, the Masquerade Bloodlines, someone in the world is reinstalling it again. Yeah, um, it's it's a great game. It's actually what got me back into the game after a hiatus of like 20 years. Because, um, yeah, it, it shows insanity not um i'm not going to say realistically because it's still fiction it's it's a work of horror but it it shows the chilling personal horror of true but subtle madness mm. because the insane character isn't the one you think okay yeah i i, I can't say anything else but i'll have to take your word for it i still have to play it one day um, yeah, I want to say this, and I want to get your guys' reaction. To me, kind of the Bruja or the Highlanders in Braveheart. They don't wear underwear? No, they're, they're bold warriors. They're brave warriors, but they're barbaric, and, and yet they talk... ideas and philosophy and yeah that's that's a good that's a good picture to have for Bruja. although yeah. my 
my favorite Bruja was an idiot. That's uh, Eddie Fiore from the Aaron Spelling show, Kindred the Embraced. Oh, I used to love that show. Uh, Brian Thompson's my hero. Got tragically short. Yeah. <laughs> like, how? The, why did they kill off the best character on the show? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, did you see that one, DW? I think I saw the first episode. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the pilot was really, really bad. After, after the pilot, they're like, yeah, we, we actually can't lean on C. Thomas Howell as our main character. He's horrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> a horrible thing to say. He's a famous actor, but uh, the he was not good in the pilot. Okay. Well, I, I think we're losing the audience here as much fun as oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. darkness is. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot, Brian. Oh, I asked for it. One of the things that made the makes Vampire the Masquerade and makes uh, Jihad the card game so compelling is the deep, thought-out years of lore and story and game behind it. Combat Frame Exceed is currently small, at least to its audience. What plans do you have to enrich that story, that setting, to to add more stuff so that more people can, can look at that and say, I would really like to play a game in that universe or write, a, write fan fiction in that universe or something like that? Do you have any ideas or plans like that? Well... What everybody has seen so far just in the books and from the tidbits I've let slip online is this gets said a lot. It is the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I've got a complete timeline covering basically from today, which reality keeps conforming with. I mean, you've got like uncle Elon and Richard Branson and people like talking about, uh, forming private Mars colonies and stuff like, yeah, right on cue. And now Adolf Hitler in Namibia, but um, yeah, there, there, there's a ton, there's tons more material. So as you know, John, in addition to the card game, there is a combat frame XC role-playing game, which oh, I uh, yeah, offered play testing slots for during uh, the previous Indiegogo campaign, and um, which I believe you've been participating in. You believe correctly. I've been there once or twice. I've been around the block a couple times. It's uh, uh, what I was what I was expecting to find was a stripped down, um, what's the word, simulation system hmm. to help you simulate the properties of the combat frames. I was I was expecting just nonstop skirmishes, but you've you are working on a full you know a fully functional uh, science fiction role playing game, which uh, was a pleasant surprise. I'm glad you were pleasantly surprised. And and again, I haven't even shown you guys in the playtesting group everything I've got. Like I've really showed you like the mech combat and construction rules, some of the character combat. Um, like some of the advanced skills and, and that's it. Um, 
Yeah, I've, I've uh, got two or three books written for it. It's just um, they're they're going to need editing and revisions based on you guys' excellent suggestions from the play testing before they're fit to see the light of day. But uh, yeah, so I've I've got no want of material. That's great. That's great. I think the the more of that gets refined and put out there, the more fertile ground you're going to have for more stories and and games and tie tie in games and such. Uh, because I think if if you just said giant robots fighting in space, I'd say yeah, that's that's cool. That sounds like fun. I'd, I'd watch I'd watch a half hour show of that, but to have that fully realized world that you can expand on, you can make much more out of it. Something really, you know, a, a, a long lasting, valuable, uh, a memorable IP. Yeah. So for example, um, a, another perk that uh, I offered in the previous Indiegogo campaign was the illustrated comment frame tech guide with um, art from Ardenon, of course, but also the uh, first Exceed series cover artist Todd Everhart. And um, I can't tell any backers who back to that tier watching now that those have been sent out. They are on the way. It's just um, with holidays and the fact that they're full color, they take forever to print. So my estimate is that you should be getting a nice surprise Christmas present. Um, I got my author copy and wow, good Lord, it, it really blew my expectations away. Oh. <laughs> I honestly can't believe I made something like this because I, I did the cover myself. But, uh, Ooh, now I'm excited. I got to thank a friend of the show, David Stewart, for kind of coaching me in cover design. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that expands the lore because as per reader request, I have added additional details. So it's not just the. Um, comment frame date entries for my blog compiled in one place. I went through, revised all the entries, added new details specifically on the backgrounds and the pilots. And there are three Macs in there that you will not find anywhere else. They're exclusive to that book. Um, also, I'm, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do for the next campaign, which should be um, coming up soon. I was originally going to do it like now, but as a JDA, who's an expert in these things, told me the holidays are a really poor time to do crowdfunders, especially right now with all the uncertainty going on. People tend to kind of tighten their pocketbooks and they're not going to buy stuff that they're not going to get by Christmas anyway. So I'm going to hold that off until Q1 of next year. But one perk I'm thinking of adding is just a combat frame exceed companion where I just lay all my cards on the table. And like, okay, here's, here's everything. Here's all the lore. Oh, cool. Series. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah, there's some tidbits you've shared uh, just with me and, and some of the other play testers. They're like, Oh yeah, that, that puts this scene or this character in a different light. That's cool. That would be a neat thing to see. Cool. Yeah. Glad you agree. Um, if, Anyone else out there listening would like to see the, the secrets of Comet Frame Exceed laid bare in uh, its own volume, probably featured as a, a perk for the next campaign. Let me know. So speaking of the next campaign, I know you're not going to set that up for a couple months, but uh, you did reveal the cover, and I wanted to talk about that before we go. 
Oh, uh, sure. You, you mind if I show that here on screen? Oh, please do. I uh, appreciate everybody who's listening to this later. You're just going to have to go to the YouTube later and check it out. Uh, Combat Frame XC. Is that how it's called? Double S. Double S. Double S. Uh, I love the new covers that you're using, the new layout for, for the S series. And there's a big, bad Metatron right there, front and center. Looks beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, that's the upgraded version, too. The upgraded version. Uh, tell me more about the. I mean, I'm I'm starting to become a cover nerd because <laughs> it's so important. Tell me about this uh, artist and and what what does it take to get go from your earlier Xseed uh, art, which is good, to this, which is mind blowing. Oh well, well, thanks for the the feedback. Um, yeah, just going out and looking for artists, um, asking around in the indie author scene. Um, this artist is, uh, June Aries. Um, he is available for commissions right now. If you would like to retain his services, just go to, uh, follow the link to that post. And, um, I've got instructions for how to get a hold of him. He doesn't have his own website anymore because he got way too many triflers, unfortunately who couldn't back up the request for a commission with um, actual action. So he's kind of by appointment only now. Mm. Um, previously, my uh, cover artist was the excellent Todd Everhart, who I also met like through the Pulp Rev crowd on, on Twitter. And see, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, can, I can get what people are saying, but honestly trying to choose whether I like the, the covers for the Comet Frame Exceed S series or the original Comet Frame Exceed series better. It's kind of like picking a favorite child. I think they're both perfectly suited to the task at hand. Like I really think the Todd's art captured the feel of the first series perfectly. Like especially that first cover. Oh, which yeah. I think is also the best card in the card game, by the way. <laughs> and Aries is, like you said, he's knocking it out of the park in terms of the look and feel I want for S and double S, which it is different because uh, what I want to say is kind of changed. You know, I, I really said what I wanted to say in the first series with the first series. And now this is a new vision in the same universe. And switching up the art style and the look and feel really sells that it, it wasn't until I saw the Exceed S cover, which you're using for your little avatar there, that I, I recognized you really are telling... This is a new series in the same uh, universe. Yeah, and that's exactly my point. Thank you for uh, calling attention to that. I The reason I switched artists was I wanted the, the change to new series to be evident just at a glance, just looking at the cover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally different look and feel. I really love, I do also love Todd's first cover for Combat Frame X Seed. Uh, that's great. And uh, different look and feel, though. This is this is what we want. We want Metatron in space with spacecraft in the background and lens flares and laser swords. And yeah, that's what you get is on the tin. Yeah, that's the Kai Metatron, the, the upgrade. The upgrade. Yeah. 
Uh, what, what is upgraded about him? Uh, another armor layer added, and the performance and weapon power upgraded even more. Oh. Yeah. So whereas the first one could saw a 32-mile-long O'Neill cylinder in half with its armamented Gatling, uh, this one can just incinerate a space colony outright. <laughs> that seems like a valuable ability to have, I guess. Yeah, and it's still not enough. <laughs> Darn alien invasions and their... Anyway. Yeah, it's enough to get the Paladash right to the top of the uh, Nova Frontier Aces High column every week. Um, and he, he does donate that bonus to charity, by the way. He doesn't keep it. Oh, it looks like we lost John. Oh, yeah. Got disconnected for a moment. He's back. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, S. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, and you, you're not going to start up that Kickstarter for another couple of months, right? Wait till the holiday season. Probably. There, there is more mech action on the way for backers of the previous campaign before the next book hits. Because I still owe all of you two original short stories. Oh, yeah. We hit those big goals. Yeah, so I've already started the first one. Um, first one's going to take place in CY60. It's going to bridge the previous series, and this one kind of showed what happened between them. Uh, show the first Inzu strike on Earth. And then after that, um, I'm going to take it down from like the interplanetary warfare scale to the more character level or... Uh, more espionage focused level and do uh do an F cell side story that takes place like the year before exceed S. Okay. That so actually I I'm really curious about that one. That sounds really good. Yeah, I get to see what like uh Brooks and Heather and Electo got up to before they, they went their separate ways. And adopted rare monotremes and whatnot. Well, that's that's nice. I understand that I understand you're contracting the build a mechs. The uh, Exceed S uh, had a lot of them in there, and and a lot of real estate, you know, screen real estate is spent on them, and it was wonderful and a great experience. But uh, I'm sure you've got other stuff you want to tell. Yeah, because there's so much story to tell in Double S. Um, it's planned as the Empire Strikes Back to S's A New Hope. So I've, I've got a lot of territory to cover. And uh, unfortunately, adding a mech is just like adding a character. Um, each character above and beyond the original cast that you introduce basically adds at least 10 pages to a book. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the rule of thumb to really do it right. And I try to give people their, their money's worth um, because I've actually... I still owe two of the backers like full screen time for two of the build max from last time. Cause two of them only got cameos. Yep. So I've, uh, I'm already obligated um, to include two left over from last time. Cause I think we had like seven before all was said and done, which was a record <laughs> and not my limit. I can't handle that many in one book. So um, I'm probably going to, 
cut it down to four or five this time. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. And and as always, I'll I'll wait two weeks before jumping in to give other people a chance. But anyway, we're almost out of time here. Um, DW, do you have any other questions for Brian? I really don't. Good, because my voice is kind of fading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, putting you on the spot one last time, Brian. What else do you want to say before we go? You can pick up the first exciting book in the thrilling new Comet Frame X Seed series, Comet Frame X Seed S, available right now on Amazon in both ebook and trade paperback. You can also go to Indiegogo, where I have the uh, placeholder page for the XC Double S campaign. And you can sign up right now to get on the email list to find out about the campaign's launch, get in on the sweet perks we're going to have for you, and secure your copy of the book before anyone else. And you can do both of those salutary and worthwhile things right now. Awesome. And I've got the link to your blog post in the notes and any other links you want send me after the show we'll make sure they're on the notes on the youtube show well thanks for having me uh it's always a pleasure to have you on i've had a great time uh thanks to you daddy Warpig. everybody hanging out in the chat talking about vampire and mechs and i hope everybody listening later has enjoyed the show but i am done for today and i will cede the floor to the inimitable the bombastic daddy Warpig. Uh, thanks, Brian, to, for coming on the show to talk about the new card game uh, branded for Combat Frame X Seed, which I know has been a very successful series for you, and I certainly hope that the card game is as well. Uh, we don't think everybody uh, in the audience who has participated in the chat and uh, everybody who listens later, please, you uh, can find us at youtube.com slash geekgab. That's youtube.com slash Geek Gap. Um, we are here just about every Saturday, uh, just about the same time. Um, and we highly encourage you to check us out on the Apple iTunes store, on the Google Play store, or on soundcloud.com. Uh, as well, you can subscribe to our podcast uh, and listen to us on the device of your choice. Folks, we are signing out for today. But don't you worry, don't you fret, we will.